You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Indicator on this. Oh, and we're live. Two, one, go. The broadcast hey, Rick, is live. Butterbee, right. open us up, man. What are we doing tonight? Hey, guys, you know, I think we're, we're down a co-host. Uh, Sean's traveling again. He's doing his uh, his bodybuilding protein stuff. And uh, I said we got to try to answer some questions. because I know a lot of people have a lot of questions they want to know about us. Okay. I, I, I didn't hear. Did you, did you hear his message or was it my connection? Uh, Rick? Oh, yeah. I heard what being said. He said Sean is traveling, and, okay, uh, doing doing his bodybuilding show in Hawaii. Sean lives oh. in Southern California. I live in Hawaii, and we've exchanged locations this week, so he's there. Bean was saying um, we could really take some time to answer comments and questions tonight, which I think is a great idea. Uh, but let's uh, let's check in real quick, man. I'm uh, tell you me first because I got the big mouth in the group. Um, I'm I'm here. Butterbean says it looks like I'm in a tent. And uh, I am at the Mondrian Hotel on Sunset Boulevard, smack in the middle of the entertainment industry. And uh, I've got my, uh, my Cameo uh, sponsor suite here. It's pretty nice. And guys, I've been in L.A. for five days now. It's been a nonstop freaking party. Starting boss with a photo I think I sent you with uh, Mark Coleman and uh, Don Fry and Chuck Liddell. That party Great. ended literally people misuse the word literally all the time these days you know that They're like oh my yeah. god it literally took my head off well if it did that dude you'd have no head right that's literally i literally carried about a 280 pound uncle cracker out of this party at like three in the morning on my shoulders to put him in the car for the hotel so and who uh, was it uncle cracker famous rock oh. musician uh, <laughs> and uh and the it, it hasn't slowed down since, man. I've got three big parties still, including my birthday this weekend, which, boss, I hope to see you at. Yeah, my and, wife uh, and I are coming, so we both are coming. Yeah. Nice. Invitation. Yeah, but we, we still don't know where it is. You have to send me the text. I will. It's going out tonight. Mike D is saying his sister lives off Sunset and Cherokee. Well, Mike, if she's single and good-looking, have her give me a call. Uh, dude, I feel like... Ever since I got back to L.A., I feel like a juvenile. My behavior has, like, gone back, like, 40 years. So I've got to go back to Hawaii, collect my dogs, and get my stuff together. Anyway, it's good to see you guys. Uh, you moving back to the States? Are you staying in Hawaii, Rick? Oh, sorry. What's that? Are you going to stay in Hawaii, or are you moving back? No, no. I'm staying in Hawaii, man, for sure. I don't blame you. Yeah, I like it there. You know, I, you've heard, I think you've heard me say, like, my Saturday night date, my Friday night date, is I have a nice house. I light all of these candles. I put the fireplace on. I open a nice glass of wine, put some nice music on, and I sit on the sofa with my pit bulls, and that's it. And that's it's like all I want to do these days. I'm happy with that. Um, I am going to have to come out to L.A. more for this job, which is fine, maybe five days a month. That's actually kind of nice. But living here again, no, thank you. Um, even where Boss is, you know, uh, north of here, it's nice. It's an enclave. It's almost like a town in a way. But uh, yeah. to live like in Hollywood or Santa Monica, I, no. I'd say there's not enough money for that. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I used to live on uh, on uh, Robertson and uh, what is it? Robertson and Olympic Boulevard. Yeah, right in, in the middle there, close to the hospital there, the Cedar Sinai and. Who it's? Uh, I was very happy to leave there and go to this city because it's much better for me, and especially the person who I am. Because if I'm there, it's like the freaking you 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 tie the mouse on the on the cheese, right? That's what they say. It's like you want to go out all the time. It's just very. It's not good. It can suck you in pretty fast, man. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I mean, I'm sitting here in my, in my hotel room right now, like having a battle with this like tiny little bottle of Maker's Mark, trying to open it up. And yeah, I don't even like, know why that suddenly become important. You know, it really is not. But, well, uh, you you kicked you kicked the kratom and all the other stuff last week, and now you got a new one, a new vice. Well, hey, yeah. I, mean, I really don't think. drink much. It just you know what I got to tell you. With all the stuff I've done this week, um, I'm really I was really looking forward to talking to you guys tonight because 
it like it kind of like feels like home in a way, you know. So yeah. seemed like a nice cocktail with it would be a perfect way to cap the evening. And uh, okay. I'll, I'll start a good day. I start I start good off with you. Okay, so what I'm going to say is that you inspired me, Rick, last week. So me too. I'm completely stopped with the kratom. Wow. Wow. So yeah, I figured you know what? It's like I was taking so little already, and I go, you know what? Let's go. From like I did two and a half or two and a, a quarter a teaspoons, and I said, "All right, I'm just going to go one and a half. See what happens." And I go, "Well, it's really not bad." I went to one, and I felt a little bit uneasy, you know, in the stomach, but that's about it. And today I did one quarter. There's only no one eight, one eight. Oh, so good. nothing, you know. So yeah, so I feel and I'm feeling great. So uh, yeah, I figured I'm going to do the same thing because I really, I, I truly believe that you can see it. You know, I told you last week, you're looking healthy. And I think it is that stuff. It really is. I think it is that stuff. You know, because you get hot from it right in the beginning. It does something to your body. It has to. You know, it, it it's not good for you. I think maybe talking tough, say no to kratom shirts are in our future. I have uh, I have friends that will hate me because they sell kratom for a living. But oh well, sorry guys. Today, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The good thing is, it was much easier to come off of than uh, than freaking oxycontins or, or suboxone. That's, I can tell you yeah, that. So that's much you need a strong will. Because you need to constantly have to say, okay, today I'm going to do two. And even when you feel bad, you cannot do two and a half. You have to really make sure. And then, then it's easy if you do that. Much easier. It's it's never easy. But I, I almost, yeah, almost had nothing. So, But I wasn't taking masses, um, uh, masses like you did. Well, regardless, nothing. Wait, Bean, do you have a cat? Yeah. When the hell did you get a cat? Oh, my well, God. Well, I was walking the house. I was driving in the house. And, uh... <laughs> You can I look at the ass now. And it wouldn't move. It? Now it won't leave me alone. I saved its life. <laughs> and it, like I wake up in the middle of the night, it's sleeping on my on my shoulder. Man, Butterbean constantly surprises. Who would think that Butterbean would like make hand carved um, razors, right? And and like make an industry, make an industry of it. And now he's got a cat. It's like I can't even imagine what's next. <laughs> Oh, so put it in the screen. Put it in the screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cute. That's cute. Look at that. <laughs> I miss my dog, guys. Oh, my God. I miss my dog. So, Boss, uh, yeah. True, who's probably our number one fan a moment ago, said, what? Boss quit Kratom? Now I have to stop it as well. Isn't that See, great? boom. Inspiring people. You know what yeah. it is? It's always what I said. You know, it's like a... For I, I did, you know, with the suboxone, that crushed my completely my testosterone levels, right? I told you about it. It was like five. The doctors were like, there were two doctors. They were like, they never seen anything like it in their lives. They said, women have 80. I don't know, how, how do you get out of bed? I said, well, it's very hard to get out of bed. So they gave me testosterone, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. But I did that, and I did that, I did that. And then also, like three months ago, I go, you know what? I don't want to, you know, because I'm getting dependent on all that still. What if something bad happens in the world that I can't get it, Right. So it's better to get off it now. So I started, went off of that stuff. And people say, oh, you're going to lose mass. You're going to do this. And I said, no, I don't. Because I always look like this, even when I was never used. You know, and I'm looking exactly the same. I didn't lose one pound. Everybody goes like, well, dude, you look good. So it's all in the head, man. It's all in the head. And I figured, so, so I did that with that. And then I said, you know what? Now I don't want to do this with credit. I just don't want to have anything. You know what? I even stopped. And I was already, I, if I have a cartridge, a vape pen cartridge, and I have one part of CBD and one part of THC, with that cartridge, I do three months to go to sleep. Three months. My friends will smoke that thing in one night. So I take a very little, but still, I have to travel to Europe and things like that. And if you bring it there, like if you go to Budapest, for instance, it's a felony run, a felony thing if you go in there. So I just said, okay, I'm going to stop it as well. So I stopped, like you said, I, I just stopped everything. You know, that's, and I'm completely, I don't have anything. That's it. That, that's fantastic. That, that so you wait till you run out, or do you just throw away what you got? Uh, what do you mean? No, I, I still have it. It's laying here. I still have a whole bunch of Kratom left. I mean, it's like it's just laying. And listen, with Kratom, it's the thing, right? It's like, because I don't like to drink anymore. You know, I, I'm not going to say that I made a steak. I did a glass of wine. I'll, I'll do that. You know, that's a good glass of wine. But I, I don't like to get drunk anymore. So if I have to go to a party now and I feel something, and this is not now, not on your party because it's too close to when I stopped, but like a month ahead, then I can say, okay, I take a teaspoon of Kratom instead of the thing. But then it's only one night and it's not the next day. It's just for that one time so you're not drinking. So, boss, can, can I answer this quite 
Thank you. Can I answer this question Bipol Doshi has put up? And his question is, is Kratom okay for opiate withdrawals? And my, look, I'm no expert. I don't pretend to be an expert, but I, I, I do have an opinion, and it's this. No, it's not okay. And here's why. If you're going to get off, op off opiates, do what Boss Rutten did and pare down. Lower your doses. You're taking 20 pills, go to 19, 19 to 18. You're on four right now, go to three. Problem is, you go to Kratom, you're replacing one addiction with another. And if you're addicted to opiates right now, you, and I'm not accusing you, Bishol, of anything, because this is me, you probably have an addictive personality. So Kratom is not the answer, because it's just replacing one evil with another. Oh, pare well, down, but do it slowly. It is an opiate, it is an opiate also, my yeah. understanding. It gives you the same feeling, pretty much as a Vicodin. But what, what I say, what I'm thinking though, and I believe truly believe that, I think the pills. I remember I had a moment, and I told this on the show that I wrote nine on the mirror with my wife's, uh, you know, pen for what they use for makeup, a nine. And I, I because I was taking nine uh, Norcos a day, and I go, I'm not going to go above nine. Well, those nine become 1080 milligrams of oxycontins, right? You keep growing, keep growing. It's not you cannot go to eight. It's somehow because a pill, an opiate, like a real opiate, I mean like a crate, uh, like a narco, it goes hard and then it drops really hard. And at that drop, you want to back it and you eat one again. Kratom has to go slower down. So it is easier to kick at least than it is this. Because like I said, I, I did less and less. I would do less and less with Kratom, but less and less with opiates. That didn't work for me. I had to do it cold turkey. And actually, that when I did that, it didn't work. I tried a whole week. I was completely sick. Then my daughter had a, a birthday or something. I go, okay, I had to go back on that stuff. Then I started doing Suboxone. Way worse. That for three and a half years I did that because you're I, in that circle. Uh, you don't have to take more. It is I so bad. That crushed everything. I was in such pain one time. My brother gave me one of his Suboxone trip. I cut it up into six six spots, six of them. And I tried one one sixth of it, and it messed me up so bad I wouldn't even go near the stuff. I guess I'm just a lightweight though. But with yep. kratom, I when when I was well, I'm I've I've lowered my dosage. I was taking two two and a half heaping teaspoons, like full teaspoons. Like well, no, it'd be three teaspoons heaping. So probably equivalent yeah. to six teaspoons at a time, which is a lot. That's a lot. Wow. Well, we, we've, we've all been there, man. There's no doubt about it. And we're getting a lot but of comments. It's crazy. I don't take it as often either. Good, good. Hey, Paul, what, what was that message that you did with the Suboxone just before? Okay, you pointed to the stuff as fentanyl, so now I can do Suboxone after 10 hours or more. Um, yeah, Suboxone, the, the thing that I say with people, <clears throat> I took it too early, I took it too soon. Like 12 hours or 13 hours, I read only one page and it said, but for the amount that I was taking, I should have waited like 18, 20 hours at least. And what that happens once you do that, it throws you from zero into a full detox. And that was the wildest experience I've ever had in my life. So for people who are kicking opiates and do it with Suboxone, wait freaking 20 hours. And I know you're shaking and you really want to take it. Do not do it too soon because... The sec so the second time I did it, I waited 24, and I was having a hard time, oh, yeah. but I, I did not want to have that experience. It was like an evil thing in my body. I told you, my, my, my goosebumps were – my skin looked like a lizard. My hairs were sticking straight up. It was the weirdest thing. I started smoking cigarettes. I go, I never smoke. You know, I, I had no I, – I couldn't handle myself. Tears in my eyes. I wasn't crying. It was just tears going, going over my face. It freaked me out, man. It's a very hard thing to do, so uh, – Watch out with that. That's a very dangerous thing because I have people yeah, I mean, that get cardiac arrests. Chris was just saying that he quit and he went cold turkey and for two weeks he was worthless. And, I mean, we know that feeling. You know, but it's so worth it. And I'm not recommending you do that. Definitely talk to a doctor because you could play havoc with your heart and everything else if you go cold turkey. But if you can do that, that two weeks or whatever the period of time is, is absolute hell on earth. But when you come through it, if you can ride it out, oh my God, you'll uh, you'll be a happy person afterwards. And uh, Bean, Bean, someone's talking about Butterbean versus Vader MMA style would have been a dream match. I don't think that would have been a good match for uh, Vader. Uh, no. but, but I have to say, I'm kind of glad to see that comment because, boss, here we are with Butterbean, one of the toughest men on earth, and all his comments tonight have been about cats and bidets. 
So now Butterbean's got a fight comment. And there we go. Yeah. Well, that day is working just fine, folks. I got the water <laughs> temperature right. It's awesome. That's great. Uh, Bean, did I you know Bader? Gotta, I just got to get one in the, in, in the motorhome now. So once I get that done, I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. I've already yeah. bought it. I just got to get it installed. Let's see. I'm going to go for some alliteration here. I think we need the bi-weekly Butterbean Bidet update. There we go. That's it. <laughs> Where we are. Um, Bean, do you it was know the first question I asked, but you lugged us on. <laughs> did, uh, did you know Vader Butterbean? Or do you know, <laughs> yeah, I've met that quite, quite a few times. Right. Did you ever, uh, did, did he ever, he, no, Leon was kind of a tough guy, for real, kind of. Did he ever do like the size you up thing at all, or was he just cool? And no, respectful? no, we just we just you know shot the shit and just just talk a little bit and you know you know how the back room it is just just get to know each other a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna do a big man, big man, tough guy. He was a but, big uh, guy. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I've think... run him in the airports a couple times, and it's like he, he's he's recognizable once you've met him in person. You know it's him. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, without the mask, without the mask. He, by, he can slip by a lot of people, though. Or he used to. Well, because he had the mask, of course. Yeah, right. yeah, naturally. I don't think um, I don't think that would be a good match for Vader. That's what I have to say. Look, look what it says. We never got Boss versus Bradshaw. Guys, we were interviewing Bradshaw. We had him on this show. So go back a few shows, and then you can see us interviewing him. And we actually talk about the whole deal that happened. And I, would it be would it be fair to say, boss, that I mean, I wouldn't I, you can't say you and Bradshaw are, are friends because you're probably not talking regularly. But I would say you guys came away from that show with a mutual respect and liking for each other. Wouldn't you agree with that? Do what, Rick? I think we may have lost uh, boss a little bit here. Do, did we lose boss a bit? Um, I think so. Well. There, yeah, oh, we did. Awesome, Just me and you, Rick. You and the funky <laughs> mirror behind you. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. Boss will be back. We know. Yeah, I had a, yeah. This last weekend, I went to a charity event for uh, cancer, and what, what they do is, it's for children's charities. A lot of a lot of people don't realize that parents, you know, a lot of times they they get like food from the hospital. They have to sure. pay for all their own. A lot of people can't afford it. So this corporation, I this company, I'm, I'm helping out. They will help get money to give to people for their like daily needs, and then afterwards they'll have a big retreat for the parents just to kind of get away and and try to to forget a lot of stuff that that's happened. And you know, and the, those things are am amazing to do. Um, I want and I, I want to talk about this. I want to let Boss know real quickly. It looks like our. I'm glad you're back. I think our on top of it producer John Paws put you on mute for a second. I think maybe you had two devices logged in at the same time. We heard a little bit of feedback, but we're good now, and we're glad you're back. Uh, yeah, no, I was listening to you through this device because I, I couldn't. Uh, you were breaking up my computer somehow, but I could hear you on my Facebook page, so that's why I was trying uh, to follow what was going on. It's weird. Okay. Hey, look at the good question good. now. Hello. Look at this. My wife will be sad to miss this. She had a crush on him for years. It's about you, Bean. We even have a homemade butter bean bat spray spread. Put <laughs> <laughs> a big big day on it. Hey, look, grab, grab me. My little stuffed animal thing. I don't know if I showed him or not. Oh, did he? My grand, they're making uh, wrestling buddies of me. I don't know if, if I showed you them yet or not. Nope. What do you have? And it's not a sex doll. It's definitely not a sex doll. Okay. <laughs> Let's see it. We're waiting. We're waiting for Miss Libby to uh, to bring it in. And boss, in the meantime, Butterbean has now added bed spreads to his cat and bidet list for the week. So this is good. <laughs> Look at that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the center. That's fantastic. I love that. Boss, do you have one of those? Do you have a awesome. Boss Gruden doll? Oh, look at that. So if I ever got to be out, I'll just put the camera up and I'll just... Okay. That'll have to work for me. That's fantastic. Boss, that's great. Do you have a Boss Gruden doll of any sort? 
I think we lost him. No, we didn't lose him. There he is. We kind of lost him. This is like yeah. we have changing roles tonight. I have a good connection for once, right? You got a great connection, right? Because I'm not up on the hinterlands of Maui. Hit. That's why. Wow. So, Bean, um, you were talking about this event you went to. Now, I, I was looking at it online. It looked like everybody else that was uh, booked as one of the guest stars and as a speaker were all, like, from that cancer survivor and support world. Um, yes, how, it, it was. So how did you come to be on that event? Why, why were you contacted and booked for that? Well, Joel, the guy that, that that's over this organization, he lost his daughter to cancer. Okay. And he tries to help the families. You know, the, the hospitals take care of the kids, but he tries to help a lot with the families afterwards, during, and these other other organizations are becoming getting involved with him, so they're making it a big big organization out of one. Well, let me rephrase that. They're making like they're combining several other organizations all into one, where they're all helping each other out, helping different different parts and different things. Like the one girl, she she donates toys to the kids year year round because they don't need to just turn Christmas. And how that started, she she gathered a bunch of toys for Christmas. Took them down there. The hospital says we don't need them. We got too many now. So Valentine's Day, she come back. She goes, "Okay, I'm bringing them now, and you're going to take them and give them to the kids one way or another." And and it, she's giving over a million dollars of the toys away at this point now. Wow, that's great. so great. great. And she's only 20 years old. Wow, amazing. Um, is she? Uh, dad, funny thing, I met her dad, and her dad was like, "Yeah, I'm waiting on my daughter. She's coming. She's going to be one of the speakers." And the way he talked about his daughter, like she was 10 or 12, like he was there to chaperone her. You're right. That's he, he trusts me. He was there to chaperone her. She, he kept a sharp eye out on her. She's a very attractive lady. She's uh, And kids made fun of her in school because she had problems. She had lost one of her eyes. I don't know if it was because of chemo or something, but she had lost one of her eyes. And kids picked on her. But I guarantee you now, because she turned out beautiful. I mean, she was actually inside and out a, a wonderful woman and she's doing you know, a really good really good deed being if you if you wouldn't mind i would i would love to be in touch with her man um you know i think you well, i'll get, know, you, I I'll, get other, I'll get her contact for you because i think that, that'd be great I think I think other, work good together yeah i have this other platform that i do called we win and it's for we don't for people suffering from cancer that are in stage four or people that have survived it and feel like their life is over and there's nothing left and so i started that about a year ago and it's probably the favorite thing, my favorite thing that I do. And in March of next year, I'm actually hosting a retreat on Maui. And we're bringing in a bunch of people who have platforms that influence a lot of others in the cancer space. And it uh, sounds like she'd be great to bring in for that. Let me get you in with Joel, Joel too. Yep. And they're doing a big retreat to Jamaica for the, the, the parents of the kids. Oh, fantastic. You know, some of them lost their kids, some of them didn't lose their children. But they're doing a, a big retreat, kind of let the parents just forget about life for, for that week. Sure, sure. Yeah, please connect me. That that would be amazing. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you. And, uh, you know, how I, got, how I got started with the whole cancer thing with the children's cancer. I Back when I was fighting, they took me to the children's hospital to give out toys to the kids. And, and I it brought me so depressed because he – most of the kids didn't know who I was. I, you know, they're the wrong age group. They're younger kids. But I got a lot of a lot of uh, emails and things. In uh, it was on MySpace back in the day. From the parents, it cheered the parents up. And then I even got another really? ten years down the line how their children's in remission now. And and I remember meeting that kid that that was supposed to be terminal. They didn't expect him to live another thirty days. So, I mean, it, it, it made it well worth doing it. So, I mean, anything somebody can do to help out, help out with that is, is really appreciated by a lot, lot more people than you think. Oh, God, God, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, the toughest people I know, probably some of them, are people that have fought that, that not only survived, but managed to, like, maintain a positive attitude and, and inspire others at the same time. I was talking with this couple last week, and I wanted to run this by you. I think they'd be really good guests for us. Um, their, their names are Chuck and Hannah Keels. They're a married couple. Um, they've both been stage four. Um, he currently is in remission. 
she is so in the thick of stage four brain cancer, lung cancer, yeah. breast cancer. And every weekend, practically, they're out on the road doing speaking engagements and appearances to inspire other people in the same space. And they're amazing. Chuck in his, in his days was something of a street tough. So he's kind of like that kind of tough guy. But for what they do now, um, I think if it wouldn't be, uh, you know, too sad or too depressing, and I don't think it would be because they're pretty uplifting, they might be cool guests to have on here if you guys are up for something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, especially if it can help their cause. Right. Yeah. Good. 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 So, boss, man, yeah, I would have loved to have seen you at that party on Saturday. I I know you probably didn't want to drive all the way to San Diego, but um, it, it was funny. You know who else was there? In addition to Mark Coleman and Don Fry and Chuck Waddell, Art One Glove Jimerson. Do you guys know who that is? No. This guy is a character. He was one of the eight guys in UFC 1 in the tournament. Uh, he was Hoist Gracie's first fight ever in UFC. And the guy came as a professional boxer, apparently. Didn't know what the event was, like everybody else that was there. Heard about this, like, jujitsu thing. This is the way he told it to me. Heard about jujitsu like, five minutes before the match. Had never heard of it before. He was like, how do I fight this guy? So he made the on-the-spot decision to walk out to the ring with one bare hand and one 16-ounce boxing glove. And uh, <laughs> needless to say... The fight didn't go all that well for Art One Glove Jimerson, but uh, <laughs> what a character! Oh my God, good stuff. I have his, I have his glove. I have a signed glove of Art in my gym. We oh. had him on our show inside MMA, and I always brought uh, gloves to the to the studio because we always in, invite these 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 uh, fighters, and so I always have let them sign something. So my gym has a lot of freaking gloves from all the fighters around the world. It's pretty cool. Awesome. So, boss, if you took Art's one glove to have it signed, does that mean he's now Art no gloves, Jimerson? I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, I took it away. <laughs> I now I, I forced him into jiu-jitsu classes. That's fantastic. Do you have a butterbean glove in your gym? Not yet. We need a butterbean glove. Get one. I'll get you one, boss. All right, I love it. I got here. Look, I got these these gloves. The mount normally these are our gloves from the gym. Let me see. In the meantime, boss, while you're looking for that, Duke Proof wants to know how the palm tattoos are holding up. The what? What a noise! Your uh, boss's palm tattoos. He wants to know how boss's tattoos on his palms are holding up. There you go, boss. That's a cool glove. They're holding up. They're holding up. The there thing is go. with the tattoos is this. So I did these tattoos. I put them on, right? Uh, the first is one. Because, and the people ask why. Well, the reason was, since I put this tattoo uh, on, I never lost a fight anymore. So I thought, hey, it works. And this means ki or chi. There's both same kanji in Chinese and in Japan means power. So right. then I put this one on, and this is called uh, xiao, which means a long life. It's a very old Chinese kanji. Now, when I put this one on the first one, it grew out of it, you know, like uh, a year later, it was out. So then I went back to my buddy who owned a, a tattoo shop and I said, just go deep. I want you to do put it deep in there. And that's what he did. And it, uh, it never, they never came out again. So it worked. By now, by law, I believe it's not legal anymore because some people did it. And they it, apparently there's a lot of nerves in your hands and oh. it really messed up some people's hands. So by law, I believe you cannot do it on the palms anymore. No. So you need to find a friend. You need to go to Mexico. No, I would assume it'd be really easy to get infected. No, no, because it doesn't bleed, uh, bleed a lot. It's it's really weird. It's it, and it really it's not painful. People go, oh, it's painful. I think the one twists they were more painful than the ones on my palms. It was just like really annoying, like you're pressing with your nail in it. But that was it. That was uh, I did. I had a, a very uh, cool tattoo on my shin bone, a, a snake, because I was born in the year of the snake. So I put a snake on my uh, shin. But then when I that start kicking with it, the whole thing became one blur, you know. So the face. I mean, it doesn't was didn't look anymore. Now when I put that snake on, I was a Thai boxer, and I had zero pain in my shin. So they put that thing on. They said, "Oh, you're gonna feel this." I didn't feel a thing. 
They say, oh, you're acting. I said, I swear to God, I'm not acting. I don't, I don't feel a thing. I, I didn't feel nothing. So then I start doing mixed martial arts and I start kicking less, right? And then I had to, because the, it became one big blob, I realized, you know what? I'm going to put some colors around it so to make it nice. And that I fell, dude. <laughs> now I knew what they were talking about because now my shits were not numb anymore. And they were going on the bone. I go, okay, yeah, that's not fun. But uh, I did it. I bit through like a champion does, right? Yes, sir. Bean, you don't have any tattoos, do you? Yeah, I got one, Rick. You do? What do you have? Uh, it's it's actually uh, it's a uh, centerfold of Libby. Hold on, let me see if I can. All right, let let's see it. Yeah, I don't there really we go. remember this. <laughs> go. <laughs> Why do I not remember that? How long you had that for? I'm trying to get it to where you can see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's you got to go opposite way of the camera. It's super annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think you have to go to the right, go to the left. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There we go. Keep coming, Bean. Keep turning. Oh Keep yeah, turning. yeah, 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 yeah. There we there go. We go. Oh, I love it. It's because she's wearing your shorts. Yeah. When did you get, did you get that tattoo? I don't remember that. Um. When did we get that, Liv? Hold on. Shit, I'm trying to get it. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not going to this. Uh, there we go. There we go. go. There you go. That's a screenshot. One second. One, two, and three. That's a screenshot. <laughs> right there. Got it. <laughs> I got it in the, the spring, right? That's, and that's your first one ever. That's my first one ever. Look at that. Never too late. Never too late. Oh, my. Oh, uh, hey, Devin Hannibal Nicholson of the Hannibal TV. Huge show on Internet and a good friend of mine. Huge show on, on, on uh, YouTube. He has over uh, he has over a quarter million uh, subscribers. Did you guys hear... know a couple times. Hannibal's a yeah, good guy. You know, you know Hannibal. Well, good guy. He wants to hear more of Butterbean's groupie stories, please. So you got to give us at least one. Come on. You're on the spot tonight, man. I'm I'm, I'm going to stay away from him tonight. All right, fair enough. Hannibal. I've had several groupies, believe it or not. Hannibal, Bean says another time. He'll probably tell you in private one day. There you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a question for Boss. We'll see if it's something we want to ask. How's that? Put it up. Um, gosh. So, Boss, you said you are coming out this Saturday. You and, you and uh, your wife, yeah? Friday, Friday. I'm sorry. I get I, it's a really bad connection. How are we now? I was gonna yeah, come right now I can Friday. Well, Bean, you know what? I gotta tell you this. I made the invite list about a month ago, and your name was on actually on the invite list. The um the problem has been that you know Cameo's doing this for me, and everyone at Cameo's been so buried that the invitation finally got done today. So after the show tonight, I'm going to be sending out all these invitations at long last. So you were in no way excluded from the list, my friend. It just awesome. happened. That's all. Yeah, same here. I still didn't have it, but it's because of the reason that he just said. So yep. I yep. trust you. I'll be up. I'll be up late sending out invitations this evening. Yes. And uh, uh, Don Fry says he's coming from Arizona. That'll be fun. Nice. And uh, we should have a good crew there. It's always a party when Don Fry's in the house. We know that. Yeah, but Don is not drinking anymore, right? He He's is still not drinking. Uh, drinking a little bit again. Yep, a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh, not bad. He was definitely uh, well-behaved on uh, Friday. It was great to see him. Great okay. to see him. Oh, you know, his... Well, tell, tell him I said hi, Rick. I haven't talked to Don in a while. Tell him I said hi. I will, and you know, I want to mention that Don and Dan Severin have a podcast together. That's uh, matter of fact, they gave me a shirt. It's on the other side of the room. I'll get it in a minute. Um, their podcast has taken off, and they floated the idea of doing one joint show together one night, um, which might be kind of interesting. So it would be Butterbean and Boss Rutten and Sean Ray and Don Fry and Dan Severin all together. Might be fun. Might be fun. I would love that. And then I, I, I called him twice because he wanted me on the show. And I said, listen, my product is out. I can't go on the show. But 
I never got a response from him anymore. So I'm going to see him on Friday, and then I will tell him because I will, I will go to the studio in Arizona, yep. you know, to uh, to do the show. Yeah, they've um, he's got two really good producers now, so they seem very on top of it. And they actually just reached out to me again today to follow up to, to try to schedule a date. So they seem to be uh, pretty on top of things, which <laughs> is really cool. Nice. So good for them. I, I do wonder though. We all know Dan Severin pretty well. Now, we think we think I talk a lot. Oh my God! How do you do a podcast with Dan Severin with anybody talking other than Dan Severin? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> that is a guy who never ages, right? He's unbelievable. He's a machine, man. He's like come out of everything unscathed. I mean, yep. here's a guy who was not only an MMA fighter, but a very active pro wrestler as well. And he's got to be pushing 60 now. He's you know? And he's gone gray like the rest of us. But apart from that, that guy's in shape, man. And not only that, he's on point. I mean, he is such a sharp guy and, uh, and a nice guy. And, you know, very, very businesslike, as you know. And, uh, and you know, when I say he talks a lot, that, I've said that affectionately, of course. But, uh, hey, he talks a lot. What can you say? It's all good. It's all good. It'll be fun to uh, have him on. He's and then, born uh, in 58. Oh, wow. And, uh, 63. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He 63 age. years old. The, the guy. Crazy, right? Looking really good. Unbelievable. Every time I see him, I go, the house your skin, everything is good. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to see, like, one of the guys from the OG era doing so well. It really is. It's, it's nice to see that. Um, Mark I'm, Coleman. I've never, known, I've never known him as a big party or anything like that either. No. So that, 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 that makes a big difference. For sure. For sure. Um, speaking of big partiers, Mark Coleman was there also. And you probably know Mark is sober now. He posts about it. He writes about it a lot. For a good while now. For a good while. Talk about a different guy. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, what what, what an amazing positive change. Really, really nice to see. And uh, he sends his regards to you guys as well. Nice. Hey, I saw just a question from Bo, and he uh, asked me about Grand Theft Auto. I was in Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh, and actually, I have my own TV show when you go to the safe house. It's called The Man's Room with Boss and Jeremy. I'm a complete psychopath in that thing. You go to YouTube and you say Boss GTA 4, and you want to watch that. Trust me. It's really funny. It's animated, but it's me doing it, of course. And they gave me a whole script, and I, I chopped up the script in half pieces, so it sounds like I'm completely insane, which I actually am. When you watch it, you go like, this is, this is not happening. Well, what I also did, and what nobody knows, not a lot of people know, is I did the motion cap. So all the fighting the carjacking the slapping everything that was myself and my my buddy amir Perez. we did it and we actually broke their um a, a new grounds because what happened was they want you to with the with these little balls on for the motion cap right you have to hit the air and you do all the combinations and i go and i do it that looks stupid because i'm hitting the air it would be better if i hit something he said how do you want to do it i said well, we brought we brought tie pads with us let's see how it looks so first i did it without and they thought it looked great and then i was hitting the tie pads and I heard him scream upstairs when they was watching. And they go like, dude, this is crazy. So then apparently from that moment on, everybody started doing that. Because now you can literally see the impact coming back. And you see these people going down. It looked much, much better. So, yeah, I'm very, very honored that we uh, we came up with that little part. That's cool. That's fantastic. I didn't know, I didn't know that you were in that, boss. I'm not a video game guy. But, of course, I know what Grand Theft Auto is. That's like the biggest game of all time, practically, right? Made $600 million the first weekend, that one. Wow. <laughs> how, how much of that did you get for being in it? No, nothing. nothing. I, 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 you know, compared to that, nothing. But I got, I got good. I had a good payday. But we had five days. We worked there. We worked very hard. But the TV show, really, do me a favor, man. YouTube, GTA 4, Boss Rudin, you're going to laugh. It's, uh, it's very funny. Bean, are you well, a video gamer? Also, like when you do appearances, people will get you to sign things from the game. Also, which which there's money to be made in the after afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, B, 
Dean, Billy yep. Doyle wants to know why you didn't do more wrestling, pro wrestling. I was fighting so often. I mean, I was fighting at least once to three times a month. Pro wrestling money to fight money, it just wasn't comparing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, when you did wrestle, starting with Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling, did uh, did you like it? Well, I did. I, I was... I actually worked with Vince before then. Well, as a as a fighter, I know that, but as a pro. No, no, as a wrestler, me and Mark Merrow had a skit where I stole Sable from Mark Merrow. Oh shoot, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. I did about six big pay per views with him prior to that. And you, you had matches with Mark Merrow then. Right. And were they mainly like 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 boxing type matches? Boxing slash wrestling, yeah. Because he was a Golden Gloves guy himself, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, people remember Boss. I don't know if you remember Mark Merrow or not. He was um, a guy from WCW called Johnny B. Bad. And he looked like looked exactly like Little Richard when Little Richard was younger. So they gave him the name Johnny B. Bad after Little Richard's, one of his big songs, Johnny B. Good. And uh, then when he moved over to WWF, he became Mark Merrow, which is his real name. And he had a pretty good run there. And he had this valet with him, his wife, beautiful. And, you know, she was his little sidekick. And eventually she went like this and became like the biggest star in the company. And uh, under the name of Sable, who is now oh, for wow. purposes, who's Sable married to now? Uh, Brock Lesnar. Very good. You got it. That's right. It's now Mrs. I'll tell you what we do. We, we should get a hold of Mark, have him on the show. Uh, he's now a huge motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah. And very, very good. I don't know if you've listened to him. He's a very good motivational speaker. We should. I, I mean, he the stories he could tell. I think I think it would impact somebody's life. That's great. I I have not listened to him, but I've heard that he's very good. I've heard that many times. And oddly enough, he's one of the very few guys from that era I never met even one time. Uh, so I think it'd be a blast to have him on. Can you uh, reach out to him, Bean? I'll see if I can get a hold of him. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a while. I used to talk to him all the time, but, I mean, we were pretty good friends at one time. If I can get, I'll try to get a hold of him, right? Look at that, boss. Guys that had a rivalry in pro wrestling were actually good friends. How'd that happen? I thought they were enemies. Nice. I just, well, you, just shattered, you just shattered all my illusions about pro wrestling right there, Butterbean. I funny, story, thought, funny story, funny story. We're, we're, we're departing our ways at the airport. Mark and his wife, Sable's going home. And uh, and Rena, which is Sable, had a big black eye where a horse kicked her. And that was the whole thing, that how Mark was abusing her. And and I come in, I was stealing her from him. And, I'm, and, and I look at Mark dead in the eye and I go, Mark, if you ever hit her again. And he was like freaked out because, I mean, I, he actually thought, I really thought he had hit her. But the horse, and she's like, no, Butterbean, no, no, horse really. And I looked at her and winked at her, and then she knew. But Mark actually thought I was really about to, to whip his ass. That's fantastic, man. You worked him <laughs> good, huh? You worked him. That's really good. I love I it. I love it. It's hard to get, hard to get one get one over on a, on, a, on a veteran wrestler also. Absolutely. You got to straight face the hell out of him, that's for sure. And obviously you, uh, you did a good job of that, no doubt. And uh, – Hey, boss, I want to know how your neck's doing. You have, how's your neck doing, boss? You know, my neck is doing great. The only thing, my problem with my neck is the nerve damage that I had to my arm. So that's why my arm is, is a smaller arm. It's atrophied. It came a lot, came back. Like I talked in the past, you know, I uh, I couldn't even pull a trigger from a gun. So it was very weak. I could snap my fingers. Couldn't do that for a very long time. Couldn't even chopsticks. I couldn't do anything. So that was, that was really freaky. That was mentally not so good for me because I really started overtraining my left and my right now, my legs, because I thought, what if I get into a freaking street fight? I'm going to have to have only three weapons. Well, four with the, with the headbutt included, of course. Of but course. I never had pain, you know? And, and I, 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 uh, I do have four plates here. You can see the whole scars here. And I got four plates in the back. So they had four surgeries in total. Uh, I can pull up a picture really fast. They have a little bit of an idea what my, my what my neck looks like because it's crazy. But no pain. Thankfully, no pain, only weakness. And a lot of that weakness that came, thankfully, came back. Well, not a lot. It, I, I mean, 40% came back. But I, I take it because it's, uh, it's... That's my neck. Oh, yeah. 
That's nice. Yeah. There you go. And while I was in the in the at the hospital with the X-rays, I go, you know what? Make an X-ray of my knees as well. So these are my knees. You're like the uh, six million dollar man there. The yeah. No, no. Look good. You don't see it. This is it's yep. a joke. What do you see in uh, the middle hanging? Uh, <laughs> and it always works. Because I always start with the neck, and then you show it to women, and they go like, oh, man, you're niche. And they go like, oh. You know, suddenly they realize it's the big penis hanging in the middle. It's funny. So, being now, now for sure we have to book Tom Howard on the show because Tom will outboss Boss with the penis jokes all night long. You'll never see him coming, Boss. It was my neck. Now, that I thought that was a photo of a penis right there. Yeah, a lot of staples in there. Tick, 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 tick. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, wow. crazy stuff. How do you like wrestling in New Japan? I loved it. I had a really good time doing it. I uh, I had the biggest compliment. I don't know if I told you already on the show. People compare me. The Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, said that I look like a young Lou Thez. So wow. that was apparently when I asked my friends. He said, that's the biggest compliment you can ever get because that guy was an animal. So it was really cool. I had really good reactions, but unfortunately it came to an end. But I, I would have loved to do that a little bit more. I got more injuries than I had ever had in fighting. I have to admit that. Yep. But you know, once I get used to it, you know, it was less injuries. But I had some really great matches. Tokyo Dome, 60,000 people. I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. How many, um, how many matches did you have roughly for New Japan? You know? I would say like 12. Okay. 12 matches. Yeah. And I fought for the title of, um, twice. Sorry? I fought for the title twice. There's one video, and I tried to find it, and I can't find it. And it's where they use the Matrix effect. So what they had on top of the ring, they had, like, all these cameras. We're talking about 80 cameras, all little ones. And then there was this moment that this guy sits on his knee. So I run up, and I step with one foot on his knee, and I knee him in the face. And as soon as I knee him in the face, the, the, the picture freezes, and then it goes 360 around, like the freaking Matrix. And then, boom, he goes down. And I did also with a high kick. I have a really good timing. You know, I used to kick cigarettes out of people's mouths with spinning back kicks. So I, if I kick you in the head, it looks like I kick you in the head. And it was a really beautiful, whoop, right in the head. And they frame it. And it goes 360 around you. And then, boom, the guy goes down. And I can't find the freaking video. But it's out there somewhere. So if somebody yeah, can find it. Please. I'm not familiar yeah. with that. I'll bet you our producer, John Paz, if he doesn't have it, I'll bet he can find it. He's like the ultra whiz with that stuff. I would, John, oh, I would love to have that, that one. Yeah, John, yeah, if you can I'll... find it, share it with us, please. We'd love to love to see that. And who'd yeah. you um who'd you work with? Who are some of the big Japanese stars? Oh man, all these names. I mean, I, if you, it's it's been a while ago. It was my crazy time, also, Rick. It was the time that I was. Uh, more drunk than I wasn't drunk, you know, like, I mean, so, um, it's like, I mean, with Don Fry there, with China, we were there, with the Steiner brothers, I mean, I, I remember we went to a Korean barbecue place in the Tokyo Dome Hotel, and uh, and uh, the Steiner, Scott Steiner, wanted to have chicken, and they said, there's no chicken, he says, bullshit, there's chicken, you know, and the guy says, no, there's no chicken, and he gets up, and he walks into the kitchen, and we hear, wow, wow, people screaming, right, and he comes back with a full plate, of chicken and he puts it on the table and he starts that, making it. That's great. Freaking Stop, man. Stop awesome, it. these people. Um, the that, first Scott, time, Scott oh, was, he's a trippy guy, man. Scott Steiner, no doubt. And, oh, uh, good. Listen, I, wait, wait, this is a funny story. So, so I'm sitting. Um, what did I do first? Oh yeah. So I'm sitting in a chair just like this by myself. I have a room by myself, right? A, a warm-up room. Nobody's there. And I'm sitting and I'm bored. So I'm doing it in my chair. I go this. I'm just making those sounds, right? And I'm moving around the whole time in my, the whole time in my chair. So suddenly I turn to the, to, the, to the door and Scott Steiner stands there. And he looks at me and he goes, stop doing drugs, boss. Stop doing And he keeps walking, right? So then later, later we're in the dressing room and with, with both with the Steiner brothers. And I say, I found something out. It's really weird. If you with your tongue do this, and you look at the TV screen, the whole TV screen gets blurry, right? So okay. I go like, I say, Scott, look at the TV. Do, do, do that. And he looks at me, he goes, I told you to stop doing drugs, boss. 
But Bob, yeah. I, I, I never realized to this moment that people in pro wrestling were involved with alcohol and drugs. Another big surprise. It's freaking nuts. That's a guy we gotta talk to here on Talking Talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanna I've always wanted to get for some reason Scott Steiner and Mark Coleman together. I don't know why. Um they remind me a lot of each other. I think maybe we should uh Try to get them on the same show. That might be entertaining. That would be funny. Yeah. I would love that. Dude, right. great times, man. Tokyo Dome Hotel with China. We had so much fun. Uh, man, she's so awesome. Freaking up, picking up the referee above her head in the, in the hotel room when they were going through the match. I was like, holy crap. Just lifts him up above his head. I, yeah. I, I miss those days. Man, being the, fir the first time I went to uh, Japan for mixed martial arts, I, I don't remember who the whole crew was we flew over with, but I do remember a boss was part of the crew. And we're, um, we're at the uh, upstairs bar in the airport before the flight. You get there early for international flights. You know that. And, and boss, you know, over the years, I guess we start to exaggerate numbers, but I'm pretty sure like in the half, in the half hour we were in the restaurant, I think you drank like 13 beers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, by the time we got to Japan, you, you had definitely cleared all the whiskey out of the airplane. I remember that. I don't know if you're, I'm sure it's, that was not an unusual day for you. And uh, it, was, it was a big trip. And being, you know, you know how it is. You fly there, you're crazy jet lagged, right? I'm lying on my bed about midnight, just after finally laying down. And the phone rings. And it's like, Rick, it's boss. We're going out. And... I was like absolutely dead to the freaking world. But like I'm in Japan for fighting for the first time. I have a boss rooting calling me. Doesn't matter how tired I am, I'm going. And uh, <laughs> oh my God, boss. Yeah, boss is like the king of Rapungi. That's for sure. I mean, everywhere. Oof. Wall Street and gas panic, man. Like we have to wait in the lines. We didn't have to buy any drinks. That was good times, boss. That was a great yeah, way to get good. broken into uh, Rapungi by you. So thank you for that, I think. Yep. You're very welcome. I had this thing with, uh, I was dancing on the bar at Gas Panic or something, and it was the two of these big, giant guys from Ethiopia, but uh, body, uh, bodyguards, and they uh, and they, they went to Pat Militich, and they said, could you please ask him if he goes off the, off the bar? And he goes, you ask him. And he goes, no, we're not going to ask him. It was hilarious. I mean, I heard that story from, uh, from Pat. Pat told me that. Yeah, we had a good time there, man. I have so many crazy stories. I got run over by a freaking car, right? By a cab. Like I flew through the air. I mean, they, people running to me. I mean, Josh, uh, uh, Josh Gross is there. Uh, Jeff Sherwood, I think. This was the first time we went to a party and that I, believe it or not, after three drinks said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I have something. Maybe otherwise it's going to go wrong. So everybody was like, what? So Josh and sure, Jeff say, okay, we go with you. So I'm walking on the street. Not being drunk, this is the first time, so I guess when you drink, then, then you always have the luck. And instead of the traffic coming from the right, it comes from the uh, for, it doesn't come from the left, it comes from the right. And I'm stepping up, and I just walk on, and this big van comes and it hits me, and I see it, I, I just see it. And as soon as I see it coming, I jump up. So I figured that I hopefully get flying over, and I did, man. I flew over the whole cab, uh, over the, the van. Landed on my back, and I remember everybody running to me. They go, oh my God, and they thought it was that. I was dead. And then they, they everybody was standing here. I said, whoa, 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 relax, relax, relax. One, one second, one second. I go, nah, no internal damage. I think I'm okay. And everybody started laughing. I go, this was the crazy. I had a big piece of meat out of my hip from the oh. road. My whole pants was open. It was like a whole open wound. But that was oh. the only thing I had. No broken bones, no nothing. I had no clue how that was possible. Amazing, amazing, yeah. man. That's incredible. And boss, I you know, I got to go to Japan with Butterbean a bunch of times. And the Bean was on the final show ever for Pride. So seventy thousand people probably. You know how the indoor domes are there. And it was like it was a it was a stack show. I mean, every major star in the company was on that show. That's where Bean got his uh submission victory over Zulu. And uh, <laughs> And you know what? What was great? You have all the biggest Japanese stars there. It's a 99% Japanese audience, and by far the biggest reception, the, the fan favorite that night of everybody was Butterbean. You should have heard the um, 
the, the ovation when he came out. And when he got that submission, oh, my God. I thought they were going <laughs> to roof off the place. That was pretty crazy. I, I remember the first conversation Bean and I had on the plane when we went to Prince George, I believe it was, in Canada. You know, and we, that's where we met, on the plane. And then um, you were talking about that you just got submitted in Japan by this little guy. I go, what was his name? And he goes, Genki Sudo. I go, that's my yeah. student. And he goes, mother. Yeah. Lag luck. Because that guy was a freak, dude. I mean, he was so good on the ground. Amazing fighter. He's probably my single favorite fighter of all time. I just, uh, yeah. I love his entrances, everything about the guy. He was just like yeah. so entertaining, but so like, and theatrical, but so good at the same time. And I'll never forget that fight. I mean, Genki had exactly the right strategy against you, being for sure. I'm, I'm sure you've thought about that since. Because he wasn't going to stand up with you. That'd be, that would have been suicide for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what I remember, boss, and, and being, this is my memory, so correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're on the ground and he grabbed you in the heel hook, I remember being having a look on his face like, what is this? Like, he didn't even know what was, like, happening. No, I had, I had very, very limited MMA. Any, any ground, I had very, very limited at that time. I mean, you were getting heel hooked and probably didn't even know what a heel hook was, right? I sure as hell didn't know how to get out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, my first leg lock submission was a toe hold that they applied on me. And uh, same thing as you. I didn't know even what it was. I knew it hurt, but I didn't know what it was. Right. It was the same. I just saw this question from Chris Sloan with the Fedor entrance at Pride Fighting Championship when I started singing along. You know, and people always ask me, "Do you?" I never plan these things. It's really weird. Like a song starts, and if I like the song, I just start singing with the song. And thankfully, in Pride, they allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do. You know, so we had a really good time on it. So that was uh, great. Yeah. So, yeah, Chris, that was a really good time. Let's see. Chris Sloan. Yeah. Boss, serious question. Can Chris tell people who screw with him that you and he are friends so they won't screw with him? That's a, that's a question Chris is asking you. That's right, man. Chris Sloan, we go back a long time, brother. I mean, how long do I know you since you were six years old? Somebody touches you. You better believe I'm going to come after that person, all right? And cut. And now you make this video, and you put it in one clip, and you give it to that person. <laughs> ah, that's thinking on your feet right that's there. That's like that. right there. <laughs> hey, Bean. Bean, you want to do a quick uh, stand-up for Chris Sloan also and his bullies? Yeah, what for, for Chris Sloan, the guy that's having trouble. Maybe he needs to hear from Butter. Maybe the, his bullies need to hear from Butterbean also. Hey, Chris, you know what? I hate bullies. I really do. So if you need any help, Chris, hey, I got you back, my friend. Anytime you need help, I got you. I'm not joking either. Chris Sloan, I think you're covered, man. Your, your troubles so should be too. over. <laughs> your troubles should be over. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. That's very That's good. Really it's, um, it, it, it's too bad Sean isn't with us tonight. Because Sean could have like flexed for Chris Sloan, and uh, Sloan <laughs> scared off. <laughs> That's all good. That's it. That's enough. A little, little, a little chest action. Two, 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 two. And he can do that much better than I do. Yeah, yeah be okay. right, guys. Well, guys, we're, um, we're we're at an hour. Wow, that was wow. hot. Holy cow! Well, guys, um, I think I think that uh, I'm gonna have to have surgery pretty soon. I had something happen just recently that's never happened before. Um. It's kind of a delicate situation. <laughs> Libby's laughing. It's not funny. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good. Well, uh -huh. yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's very painful. Trust me. It's down so, below, I guess. So we haven't fooled around a week or so, week, week and a half. And I, I got really excited and I got overexcited and my, and my penis split. It like ripped in half. Oh God! Funny, this is bad. You what? Like, the skin just ripped in half. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to the doctor yet. I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> go, go to the doctor. I, I told you to be amused. I mean, it's like it's quite painful, believe it or not. <laughs> I, believe it. I believe it. Oh my God! Wow. Uh, you should go to the doctor. You know, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm gonna have to go pretty soon. You, you know what I found most astounding about this story is, you and Libby have been married for how long now? Well, it's just been a while—thirty something years. Thirty something years, and you didn't fool around for a week. 
Like it was like that was a long time. Every <laughs> other married couple, time, right? every other married couple out there right now is going what? <laughs> right? Oh my God. <laughs> I remember back when I was training in the gym, and my my trainer was saying, you know, oh, it's been almost a month. I'm going, dude. Every other, at least once, maybe twice a day. You know, I, I've always been a nympho. That's probably my my downfall. Even when I was fighting, I mean, I I got on a regular basis, but yeah, a week's a long time, Rick. <laughs> well, Mar- Margaret Phillips, our listener, is encouraging you to get it checked out, Bean. Yeah, it's so. If you do it weekly and uh, more than weekly, I would check it out because if it's that going to stop, I don't think it's going to be good for you. Well, yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like, yeah. Show the people at home. Show what it looks like. Let's save that for a different time. I just saw somebody. Video the doctor's appointment. There you go. So somebody just asked me, he says, I want to chill. And I don't know if you guys know what it is, but I made a song and it's called I Want to Chill. And it starts like this. What's the lyrics? Here we go. That's my song. You know, what happened was we, we were recording the El Wapo song. I have a really funny song. It's called the El Wapo song. I remember the El Wapo song, yes. I came up with that song actually at my last fight. And while we're doing that, we got tanked. As we were in the studio, and we're completely trashed. And my buddy plays this track. There's a little bit like take a walk on the wild side. You know, it was a little bit like that track. And I go, dude, we should so okay, starting. So I start writing down really fast. And I start... I just started talking and did something, right? So the next morning we wake up, and I remember I'm laying in the studio with my face flat on the floor. I'm looking up, and the computer is down, and the chairs are down, and, and my friend lays also on the couch. He's completely crushed. So I'm, I'm finding a, a, a bottle, like a, a plastic bottle, a water bottle, and I throw it at him, and, and he wakes up, and I go, dude, what happened? He goes, yeah, we got crushed, right? I go, yeah, we did. I said, did we, did we record another song? And he goes, Yeah. I think I do. So he grabbed the computer and he put it back up and we, we listened and it was this freaking song. Now I had to cut a few bad words out and things that I was saying, you know, but then it became this song and it's actually, it's pretty funny. If you go to YouTube, you say, I want to chill, Boss Rutten, you can find the song. But if you do that, also go the El Wapo song for Boss Rutten. That's a, that's a funny song as well. Yeah, I remember okay, the El Wapo song. Right, and we were at, uh... for you. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh, uh-oh. To the other side, more, 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 more. Oh! Oh, gee. Check out. Whoa. Oh, dude, that's not here? good, dude. <laughs> wow. That's not good. You're an animal. I mean. It ain't funny, my friend. It ain't funny, but we're all laughing, and we're uh we're thinking that maybe you should go to the doctor after all. These. Might Dude, not be a horrible, I think I will. Not a horrible it, it, idea. Maybe it's no. speeches. I mean, sh- that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, forget about my neck injury and all these cuts in my neck. That, whatever. That's peanuts. <laughs> boss, boss, you know, what, you know what I love? It's like on the show every Oh, week. man, that's going to be a screenshot from that picture. You know it is. Oh, no, you know it. That's going viral. Bean is like this. Bean's like the silent, smiling giant on our show. You notice that. You know, he does, He says less than all of us. But, man, you know, you got to think about it. He'll talk about anything, right? I mean, he doesn't give a crap. He doesn't give a crap. It's the best thing from you, man. You, you are freaking honest. I love it. Freaking awesome person, man. <laughs> I'm really stoked. Don't, 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 don't ask. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Oh, oh man. guys. Should we uh should we take it home for the evening? What are you all thinking? I think I we got anybody lined up for next week yet, Rick? Yeah, we do. It's our old friend Tom Howard. And you know, oh, awesome. 
Tom's not a famous guy. He's known. He's definitely known in the wrestling circles, the fighting circles. Um, the I'm not even going to say it. That would have been a bad attempt at humor. But he's known in a lot of circles. That, you know what I was going to say? There was actually a uh, there was a gay porn star named Tom Howard. And I, um, I will not let Tom off the hook on that. I'm like, I know it was you, and I've been on that for years. And uh, we may have to <laughs> discuss that with him next week. But... Um, you know, what, what I love about Tom, talk about honest, oh my God, um, this guy's about as straight up and as interesting as they come. So, folks, if you don't know him, um, just get ready for a really interesting discussion. And uh, and he's friends with uh, with all of us here, and uh, it should be a good time. Um, Does Tom know Tom? I, you know, he may not, probably not, probably not. And uh, we'll have to... Uh, get Tom prep maybe to go at uh, Sean a little bit. See if we can see if we can uh, ruffle uh, Sean's steely demeanor a bit. That could be fun. We'll, we'll get him going. We'll get him going. Well, guys, but, you uh, have an awesome evening. Yeah, I'm, you guys. I'm going to go soak something in the tub and get it all. Epsom salt, I was told, is good. So Epsom salt is good, and the doctor's visit is very good. So make sure that you check that thing out. did look good. You guys, really good to see you. Thank you for uh, bringing the week here. See you soon. Godspeed, everybody. And party on. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.